0: What's up, friends? Before we talk about a disappointing game, I got to tell you about something that is not disappointing at all, and it's our friends over at Snooze Sleep, where they've created the universal four-in-one mattress. It's the most universal mattress on the planet, and it's called the Snooze Flip. And the reason it's the most universal mattress on the planet is one side of the mattress is soft, the other side of the mattress is hard. And then on top of that, it comes with a reversible cover, which one side keeps the bed 5 degrees cooler and the other side keeps the bed warmer so you can mix and match to have your bed hard and and warm, soft and cool. However you want it, you can have it and speaking of getting it your way, you'll get $500 off an adjustable base and an adjustable uh, mattress if you use the code DNVR over at snoozesleep.com for a king bed, you'll get $500 off both for a savings up to $1,000 and for a queen bed You get $250 off the mattress and $250 off the adjustable base for a savings of $500 by using the code DNVR over at SnoozeSleep.com. So here's to a better night's sleep. Go to SnoozeSleep.com and use the code DNVR. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the show.
1: Couple with brick break, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are
2: DNVR. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos post-game show. Uh, I don't know, we need like a sad horn. Uh, It's right
0: terrible.
2: Yeah, uh just a I mean, a just a brutal loss for the Broncos who really had so many opportunities. Um you you just get gifted a lead heading into halftime, then the defense coughs it up right afterwards. Uh you get a cup, you know, you get a turnover there uh in the second half. You do nothing with it. You win the turnover battle 3 to nothing. Still not enough. Um And then even late, you know, you have uh, Drew Locke make a great throw to Cortland Sutton to convert on that third down. Uh, And then, you know, you have one go off Tim Patrick's hands. You have one go off of Albert O's hands. Uh, Then you give up a a sack and you're forced to punt. And it's just like you look back and you're just, wow. You know, I, I even go back. Sorry, I'm rambling a little bit here, Zach. But I even go back to the first three drives of the game. First drive of the game, you have Cortland Sutton kind of miss a toe tap on the sideline, Second drive of the game, you have Drew Locke with probably his worst play of the game. And he didn't have very many bad plays. Um, You know, he uh, takes a bad sack, the the one and only real, you know, bad sack he took today. Um, That sets that one back. The third drive, you have uh, Garrett Bowles get a tough call on an illegal hands to the face penalty. All three of those drives go out the window. And it's like, man, it just felt like it was one of those days where one little thing was going to derail them every single time they had a chance.
0: Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal in every single way, Ryan. And this offensive performance was a nightmare. And 158 total yards, Ryan. What the Broncos rely on is their is their run game. They had 18 rushing yards, and 10 of those were courtesy of drew lock melvin gordon negative rushing yards javante williams averaging just over one yard per carry and then of course when the broncos need their defense to step up they are unable to ryan this was just such a disappointing game because they had so many chances to win and stay in it and they had so many things that went their way to start this day today with so many teams losing that they needed to the chiefs winning which helps them and the broncos even with the last place schedule aren't able to do it and Ryan we just officially saw their playoff chances and their season end and for a second year in a row Ryan they are staring at fourth place in the AFC West regardless of how close to 500 they are they're still going to be the worst team in the AFC West unless something drastic happens in these final two weeks.
2: Yeah and you know that's actually kind of the bright side of things from my perspective (laughs) Uh, You get another cushy last place schedule next year. Uh, You know, you're going to play a really bad team for that 17th game. Um, You're going to, um, you know, get uh, whoever is the last place teams and all the other divisions on your schedule. Um, And if you're able to, you know, make the changes necessary, then you might be able to have a nice little turnaround next year. But uh, I don't know if people are quite ready to move on to next year at this point. Um, So let's just jump in to our biggest takeaways here, Zach. And I think I have a bit of a spicy one. Um, Mm. My biggest takeaway watching this entire game start to finish was that the entire Teddy Bridgewater experiment plan uh, experience, whatever you want to call it, was a colossal waste of time. Um, You Mm. saw Drew Locke go out there today. and He was able to make the right reads, able to check it down when he needed to check it down. Um, He was able to make some plays, down the field, get out of the pocket, make some throws he made. He did. He just essentially looked like um, a slightly more aggressive Teddy Bridgewater out there today. And so as I'm watching this, I'm saying, man, so, you know, you went through all of this because you wanted to get those early wins. You wanted to go safe early in the season, in my opinion. And, and this was all, in my opinion, a, play, a plot to save Vic Fangio's job. Well, after this one, I don't think you're going to see uh, that, that happened. So, was, so that's a, you know, that was all a waste. Um, and then you wasted, you know, what was a slight chance, but a small chance that Drew Locke could have developed throughout this year. If this was his first start, if he would have given that start in those early games and there's no guarantee of that, but those early games against those, you know, the teams were, were on their schedule um, they would have gotten those wins. And there's a chance that Drew Locke could have improved over time. But I, I saw, you know, uh, a a guy today that looked like, you know, he was completely competent. Um, Now, not having Lloyd Cushenberry absolutely doomed this offensive line, it seemed, Um, and the Raiders sat on the run all day, and in the past, I feel like that would have led to Drew trying to do too much, uh, playing outside of himself, making, you know, risky plays that weren't necessary, and really, he stayed within himself, and I thought, like, like I said, I thought played a very, very clean game. So, you know, you, you do end up, for me at least, leaving this thinking, man, what would Drew have looked like with, a, with a, you know, a solid run game this season? Um, and you saw Cortland get involved and Jerry get involved. Um, and so for me, I'm just like, man, I think that the the whole uh, Teddy Bridgewater experiment, it's not Teddy's fault. Teddy was Teddy and he played well uh, for who he is. But I think it was a an organizational misstep Uh, to go down that road this season
0: well Ryan I'm gonna preface this with this starting off Drew Locke was the Broncos best offensive player today Uh, we we can even look at guys who have been really good so far this year Bobby Massey he has a penalty today we finally call his name Garrett Bowles has had an up and down season we call his name today rough 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 game for the entire Broncos offensive line and then you're right Jerry Judy does get on the board, which he's been getting on the board these past couple of weeks. Cortland Sutton finally gets on the board. Ryan finally hits his over over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yet both of those guys have huge mistakes. That one by Cortland Sutton. I think the Broncos win this game if Cortland Sutton makes that catch on the sideline. It was a great ball by Drew. Cortland has to get both feet in. You have to. I mean, he had like a yard and a half by the sidelines. We're not asking him to make an impossible catch. We're just asking him to make a very routine catch. He doesn't get that. Then Jerry drops that one on third down. Again, not the easiest catch, but his hands were just up in the air. Absolutely had room on the sidelines. Two brutal catches. And then, of course, Albert O. That was a tough play, but Albert's got to make that. So, let him. And do we need to talk about how incompetent. The Broncos rushing attack was Ryan. I mean, we're talking uh, 14 carries for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon combined. They each get seven, and the Broncos picked up eight yards. 14 carries for eight yards for the thing that had to carry this team, regardless of who the quarterback was. And especially with it being Drew Locke, those guys are just away from the game. So, Drew Locke, Broncos best offensive player. However, what I found out today, there was no chance, Ryan, that the Broncos offense would there w- w- that the Bron- that drew Locke was the answer for this team in, in any way. And w- I saw that for two reasons. The first one is the Broncos offense, despite not running the ball would not turn the ball over to drew Locke and give him the opportunity to win this game. So the coaches said, Nope, you're not getting it. And then on the other side, the Ravens. what makes said, you
2: say that? What makes you say that
0: you, uh, you have nothing in the run game and you drop back 22 times you you have nothing and they let him air it out a couple of times and credit to drew his, him airing it out was much better than we've seen in the past. He's put some, he's put some touch under it, but all of those were kind of just hell Mary's. It it didn't seem like any of them really had a shot down the field. Uh, And then on the other side of the ball, Ryan, you had the Raiders say we are not going to get beat by this run game. We will do everything to stop their rushing attack because Drew Locke is not going to beat us, and you know, Drew with with, with them doing that, only put up 153 passing yards, and again, Drew is the best player on offense. This was a bad Raiders defense, Ryan, and they were able to do this. Maybe in the end of the day, the Broncos would have a worse record right now, and we know that when you're sitting at 7 and 8, that's about the worst place to be in the NFL, so maybe at the end of the day, it would have been better, but it's hard for me to say that, uh, that I think where the mistake is at quarterback was not trading two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford, was not drafting Mac Jones or Justin Field and giving those guys. It, 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 that was the mistake made in the offseason, not in training camp.
2: Well, so a couple things here. One, to your point that, you know, they refused to give the reins to Drew Locke. Uh, I think we've always known that Pat Shermer, or Drew Locke was never the answer for Pat Shermer. Um, so that, that, ha- I think that goes back to the, I, the, uh, you know, the, the whole thought that Pat Shermer doesn't like Drew Locke, doesn't trust Drew Locke, you know, and he has reasons for that for sure. Um, you know, Drew struggled mightily last year. That's no secret, but I will say, you know, 22 dropbacks, there's also only 14 rushes. So the Broncos just didn't have the ball a lot today. They didn't run a lot of plays. And part of that is because they didn't convert on third downs. Now. You know, this is the age-old thing, right? Um, if you want to go after Drew, you point to the fact that the Broncos were 1 of 10 on third downs. And if you want to make that a Drew Locke stat, it's going to look really bad on him. To me, that's actually a rushing stat. The fact that the Broncos could not run the ball at all today put them in really bad third down situations. And, you know, Drew, again, I think by, uh, uh, you know, what he was told to do, trying to make uh, the smart decision, trying to make the right decision, Trying to make the Teddy esque decision, throwing short of the sticks instead of trying to force it down the field. And, you know, that's how you end up with zero interceptions on the day and a good completion percentage, despite not converting a lot of third downs. It's the whole, it's the Teddy Bridgewater story that we've seen all year, right? Uh, Stats, the stats can look good and the offense can look bad. Now, again, 153 yards. I'm not sitting here trying to claim that Drew Locke played great today. I kind of agree with you that he was the best player on offense. Um, You know, the other option would be Jerry Judy. Um, and no one on the line has any claim to any fame. Um, so my whole thing is maybe he wasn't the answer, but I don't know. And he probably wasn't the answer, but we always knew Teddy wasn't the answer. So why are we not, you know, what, why did the Broncos waste all this time this season, to try and to, to end up 7-8. and eight. Now, again, this one's not Teddy's fault by any stretch of the mind. And I don't blame Teddy for being Teddy by any stretch of the mind. Um, but to me, I think they wasted a whole lot of time this year with a guy who at least, you know, has... We, we always knew he had the potential, right? We always knew he had the potential. Um, but w- this season just ends up going down as a colossal waste, and you wasted an opportunity to at least see with Drew Locke um, but they, you know, they made the decision that they had seen enough.
0: Yeah. And again, to me, this one, you're, you're kind of putting it, it, it in the coach's basket for a wasted season. I'm unfortunately putting this in George Payton's basket for, for a wasted season here. And Ryan, I mean, just talk about how terrible this offense was. 158 yards, one of 10 on third down, eight first downs, according to Ryan O'Halloran, outside of last year's game against the Saints. That was the fewest first downs since nineteen ninety two Ryan you and I you and I know how far nineteen ninety two is away that's when you and I were both born we're yeah. talking twenty nine years. This is the worst offensive performance, and your quarterback, who we're saying is the best player today. It is, we're saying that that he's not the guy either. And so that just shows you how important the quarterback position is, Ryan. And if you don't have a quarterback, teams are going to do this to you. Uh, if Teddy plays, since Drew played really well, they probably still lose this game because of how inept the rushing game was, because how inept the run defense was. Ryan, if you hold the team to 17 points, you should win 95% of those games. When you win the turnover battle, three to zero, you should win 100% of those games. You stack those two things up, you should win every single game. But Ryan, how many times in the past three years, five years maybe even, let's include the Vic, or the, the Vance Joseph era in here, how many times have we said that, uh, that the defense did enough? Now, the defense, statistically, at times they did not come up when they needed to. But at the end of the day, 17 points. I mean, this is just a classic Broncos game from the past five years where we're saying Broncos hold them to 17 points. You should absolutely win. And you take a step back to the game and say only 17 points. That's actually pretty impressive from the Broncos defense because it didn't feel that good. And the Broncos come up with a big L. So Ryan, this would be my biggest takeaway here. Something and a lot of things need to change on the offensive side of the ball. You and I have talked about Vic Fangio's job security a little. And to me, sure, you can move on from him. Uh, but what really matters the most is doing whatever you need to do to get the offensive guy in here. He's not only going to bring a creative offensive system. By the way, congratulations to Pat Shermer for finally handing the ball off to someone in motion, although it wasn't even Jerry Judy. Javante Williams got one, and Ryan Wimper, two yards. So One that's, One uh, yard. One yard. So that's what you, and that was what Javante Williams, that's what the guy who's going to get you more yards than the play should even get on design. And so to me, Broncos have to do whatever it takes to get that guy, whether, and and it's likely going to be as a head coach because you have a better chance. The pool's bigger when you can bring a guy in uh, to be an offensive, from being an offensive coordinator to a head coach. And you have to do that now. If Vic Fangio and really if George Payton identifies a quarterback coach out there and he says that can be my offensive coordinator that can revamp this offense, that can bring in a quarterback, that can develop a young guy or an old guy in order to win. Sure, I'm fine with keeping Vic Fangio because for the most part, this defense has done a damn good job this year, but likely you're going to have to get an offensive guy in here to be the head coach in order to make changes necessary.
2: Yeah. And, and we're going to talk a lot more about Vic Fangio there in the second segment quickly. I just want to tie a bow uh, on, uh, my biggest takeaway. And and I just wanted to finish by saying, you know, you mentioned maybe the Broncos are would be worse off with drew. Well, that would actually be better. They would be better off if they were worse off because this team ain't going to the playoffs. Um, and so now you sit here at seven and eight. Now, luckily for the Broncos, there is a massive pileup in the middle of the NFL. Um, And the Broncos have a decently difficult schedule to finish things out here. So they have a decent chance to go over in these next two games. And that would likely get them into the top 10, which is just crazy. Like, uh, you know, I have to say thank you to Teddy for keeping us, you know, uh, interested for so long. If they keep us interested all season and then get a top 10 pick. And by interested, I guess I mean, um, like, you know, just stay in the hunt. Uh, We're always interested in the Broncos. We have been, (laughs) we've been through a lot. We stay interested, Um, but you know what I mean? Stay in the hunt for this long and still get a a top 10 pick. Well, that's, you know, not the worst thing in the world, but for me, it's just like, you know, uh, for Drew, even if he bottomed out, that's better for the Broncos. And then finally to kind of wrap this back around to your take, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, it doesn't matter. Uh, They need so much better. They need so much better. And, you know, you look around the NFL, and I thought it was funny today because, um, you know, I'm on neither side of this battle, so I just watched from afar. The the Drew, you know, quote-unquote Drew stands all year have been saying, oh, my God, Teddy throws short of the sticks. This is the worst thing. At least Drew would take a shot downfield. No, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's not Drew's fault. It's not Teddy's fault. Quarterbacks throw short of – quarterbacks all across the league throw short of the sticks on third down because you have to take what the defense gives you. Your options are, you know, force a throw, potentially throw an interception, take a sack or get to your check down. The best option is to get to your check down. Um, So, you know, you saw it from Drew, you saw it from Teddy, you see it from everyone, except for the top, top guys, the top, top guys do put that ball out there because they see things that other people don't. They trust themselves to make throws that other people don't. So the Broncos, need their version of that guy like i said Drew Teddy neither of them are good enough to take the broncos where this franchise you know should be going um which is to you know playoffs and championship games and super bowls um this team desperately needs to find a solution there and that's not a take that's we've been saying that for how long now so you you know you sell out for Russell Wilson you sell out for Aaron Rodgers whatever you got to do get someone in here um, who can be a lot better than those guys, but, you know, you know, just again, to to wrap it up, I, the fact that Drew had the game he did, which wasn't special, but under the conditions where they could not run the ball, a single lick, I think showed a lot of, uh, of growth from him. And, and it, and it'll leave me wondering. And I think a lot of the people, especially those who support Drew Locke will be wondering, man, it's just a series of what ifs, um, with Drew and, most quarterbacks in the NFL don't pan out. So the, the the chances are it wouldn't have worked out, but I think today's performance was enough to say, yeah, they uh they made the wrong call by going with Teddy. At least that's how I feel.
0: But uh, and ryan to me it's it's just so obvious that in order to get a quarterback that's going to be good, you either have to be incredibly lucky, don't plan on luck, or you have to put a huge investment into them. And the Broncos just haven't done that and Ryan, there is no question. That this is what's going to define uh George Payton as a general manager is does he hit on the quarterback? How Ryan, how much do you like the non-quarterback moves that George Payton has made this entire offseason?
2: I mean, they're incredible from you know Pat Sertan, who's looked amazing this season, not his best game today, um, to Jonas Griffith. Are you kidding me? This guy comes out of nowhere. It looks like, yep. you know. He has all the makings to be a stud. Baron Browning, another one, you know, to to touch on the draft a little bit. Javante Williams, all the way down to Steven, high-pressure system, Weatherly. Um, I Like, he has a a stroke of genius with several moves this year.
0: Yeah, he has A to A+. You're not crazy saying he gets an A-plus for every move non-quarterback related. Quarterback related, Ryan? I think you just said it. How has he done on the quarterbacks now? It's it's it, I'm not putting this all on him now, but we can only judge from what he's done so far, right? And I think from what you're saying right now is a DNF, a failing, non-passing grade from the quarterback perspective, not just from George Payton, but from, from this entire organization this year. Do you think that's a, a fair take?
2: What was it? Sorry, I lost you for a second.
0: How would you grade George Payton uh, when relating to the when judging how he and the entire organization, and he's at the top of the organization, so he uh, ultimately gets this? uh, Would you you'd have to say it's it's a failing grade, right? You know, but D or an F
2: below the C. The season, yeah. I mean, it's hard to um, put everything on him um, because he inherited a lot of this mess uh, and he's trying to, you know, climb his way out of it. I think the season will go down as a D. Um, and George Payton, like you said, a plus on everything, but quarterback, um, and who knows exactly what, what conversations led to Teddy Bridgewater coming in in the first place and being the starting quarterback. But from a quarterback standpoint, um, you know, it's an F in my opinion. So, uh you know, that, that averages George out, unfortunately, to a C. Um, and that's without weighting, you know, how much the quarterback position matters.
0: Ryan, and you know what a C equals? Seven and eight,
2: eight mm-hmm. and
0: seven type of season for the Broncos right there. And kind of the final takeaway here for me, Ryan, as you touched on it earlier, lose, 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 lose. Ryan, we haven't said that all season yet, uh, but now is time. the broncos to lose these final two games if it's if it's drew it should be drew the rest of this way there's no question about there's no reason to play teddy uh maybe drew can help his his trade capital after this year but the broncos need to lose they need to start playing calvin anderson at right tackle they need to start doing everything to look at the future, to develop guys moving forward. Jonas Griffith should keep playing, uh, and that's the that's the focus this Broncos team should have. The Broncos aren't going to come out and say it's time to lose, baby. No, but they're going. They can start doing these things. We've seen in the past the Broncos have not done that in the past, but this is time for George Payton to step in and say, Vic, we're going to go in a different direction. Maybe not from you. For the rest of the season but we're going to start going for the young guys and you know javante williams is the future let's play him let's get mike boone some reps to see if we can rely on him being the number two running back moving forward if we move on from melvin gordon and those things now is time
2: yeah and real quick i want to uh Get to this super chat from Bob O'Brien because we feel bad. We tried to highlight the super chat and then accidentally blocked him, but then we unblocked him. Uh, so sorry, Bob. But I want to hit his super chat here. He said all they have to do is stop the run. The receivers drop passes at key moments, uh, and I say it's because the offense hasn't been keeping the wide receivers warm. We know Tim and Court are better than this, um, and and that's an interesting thing to talk about. There were um, more drops than you'd like to see from your wide receivers, uh, including. Uh, Noah Fant had one. Uh, Timmy Pats had one. Alberto had one. Um, and Jerry Judy had one.
0: one. Right, just just right, name Jerry, a receiver, and they yeah, had Jerry a
2: drop. Judy had one. I don't know if Court did. Did he? He um, did.
0: Well, it it won't go down as a drop, but that one on the sideline, he
2: should have had. Oh right, yeah, that's true. He did. So he, you know, I, it's hard to like quantify that, but you know, big time receivers should get their toes in there. Um, okay, so all of those guys have a drop. I have a theory on this. Um, if you go to, down to the local batting cages, Zach, and you go in the slow pitch softball cage for a while, uh, and hit there, you know, four rounds in there, and then you go try to hit around even at like 70 miles per hour, or 60 miles per hour, which is fairly slow for the you're, It's going to be weird. It's going to be a lot to adjust to. I think, you know, Teddy throws a really catchable ball. It's a, it's a soft flight. It comes in really nice drew sticks it on there a little bit more i honestly think that's a a product of them not having that many reps with drew this year
0: so then is that just an excuse for everyone because it's obviously not drew's fault it's not teddy's fault it's not the receiver's fault if we're going on this premise is is that does everyone get a pass for that
2: uh yeah i mean i don't (laughs) I, i don't think so it's to me yeah i mean maybe i am giving a pass it's like a it's like a just a bad, a bad thing. Like I'm not going to put too much on anyone, but it was really unfortunate. The Albert O one, that's, you know, that's a, a, not exactly a rocket coming at you. So he should have made that play.
0: Man, that Albert O one, people were getting all over him for it. I, maybe I miss saw it. I think that would have been just a very difficult play for him to make in the first place. I mean, that defensive back was all over. him. He still should have it, but honestly that's the one I'm giving the biggest excuse to.
2: Yeah, the one that really stuck out to me was the Tim Patrick one on, I think it was first down. Um, you know, he comes across the formation, runs a little quick out, and Drew throws it high, um, but totally, he didn't have to jump, you know, totally just off his hands, uh, and I just felt like that was a speed uh, a transition drop. Um, okay, before we move on, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the DNVR bar. Back up and running tomorrow. Should be a great day over there. Uh, And it's always a good day at the DNVR bar. Go down there, watch Monday Night Football, hang out. uh, Get yourself a 22-ounce member beer, of course, from our friends at Breck Brew. Or, you know, there's other beers too. Um, And just hang out, man. It's a great place to be. You know, you'll be around people who want to have conversations like the ones we're having right now, Zach. Uh, Fun place to hang out. Great food, great drinks. Uh, Come down, hang out at the DNVR bar.
0: And also, if you want to move to Denver, or you want to move around Denver, you got to check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael and Virginia Chevalier will hook you up not only with the best rate, but they're going to look at your entire financial situation in order to get you the best rate, put you in the best situation. And that's what separates them so much is Michael Chevalier is a certified financial planner. So he's able to do that for you. And what's even better than that is they will hook you up with a free consultation if you go to dnvrmortgage.com and you'll also get a chance to enter in to win free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do and get that free consultation. So you have to hit up our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at dnvrmortgage.com or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. And, of course, that's Michael and Virginia, Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage, dnbrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631.
2: Great point here from uh, VW Bun. Uh, so many people watching. Only a few likes. I know we all don't like what happened today, but if you hit us with a like, we always appreciate that on our YouTube page. Um, so thank you for that, VW. Uh, and finally, a shout-out to Brett Brewery. I gave him a little tease there. Uh, the absolute best beers. Um, If you haven't already and you still want to be in the holiday spirit, maybe we'll have like a second Christmas once it ever gets cold in Denver. Uh, You want to get that Christmas ale mini keg. Um, But if you want to keep enjoying the nice warm weather, then maybe you want some strawberry sky. Uh, The point there is that there is a Breck brew for any and every occasion. Uh, So check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You can check them out down at their um, awesome, I, I call it like a campus uh, down there in Littleton where they have the farmhouse. You can eat there. You can see all the, the massive, you know, um, beer production plant they have, which is pretty cool to see in person. Um, so check them out down there. Check them out at the DNVR bar or use the Breck Brew locator to find uh, the closest beer for you. Okay. Uh, someone else. Uh, I think it was actually right here, my guy. uh V.W. Bunn said this as well. Uh, He pointed out the Tiki Barber pronunciation of Albert Okuebunam, which the worst one I've heard yet. So congrats to Tiki. Now, okay, Tiki had a really rough day, but I guess I'm I'm giving everyone a break today. Uh, Oh, Ryan,
0: what are you doing? It's Christmas for you, I guess. You're just handing out gifts left and right.
2: (laughs) Someone said I'm defending more Broncos than uh, Harvey Steinberg, which is honestly a hilarious (laughs) comment, so... (laughs) Good job, I I applaud you. That's funny. Um <laughs> I also, the same. I'll also rep the Tiki uh, Tiki barber here. He was a COVID, I think a COVID or first a last minute fill in, so he didn't get the normal uh, game prep. And he was, I mean Jonas Griffin, Albert Okbuole or Okbuolele, <laughs> I think it was Okebulele. Um It it was rough out there for Tiki. I was cringing left and right.
0: It was so bad, Ryan, and it got to a point where he was, he was struggling so hard through the pronunciation of it. Uh, they just said, just go with Alberto. And you know what? Just go with Alberto regardless. You don't have to worry about it. And, Ryan, that may have been the worst moment of, of the day, but there was a little bit of good news today. Shelby Harris came to play, and we got to give him our DraftKings Sportsbook. King of the game Ryan. we probably could have gone with a few guys on defense uh Bradley Chubb. we could have gone with Jonas Griffin we could have gone with uh Shelby uh Horace we could have gone with a lot of different guys but you know Shelby gets this for one and a half sacks and of course that strip sack when really it felt the game was running away he came up big
2: oh right they had two turnovers in the second half that they caused didn't they
0: they did yep
2: or no was was it maybe i don't Wait, know so maybe. so you had
0: you had uh the bradley Chubb interception you had yes. the shelby harris strip oh and then you had the josh jacobs just i'm going to carry this like a loaf and fumble it myself
2: yes okay so that those two were in the first half and then the strip sack was in the second half uh, also jj missed the missed your uh, tiki barber joke there calling him bradley Chubb. um anyways <laughs> yes that was that was a joke shout out shelby harris our draft kings king of the game Uh, Five total tackles, two solo tackles, one and a half sacks, a strip sack in there, uh, forced fumble uh, against his former team. You know, the team that kicked him to the curb, got to feel uh, a little bit extra in there. So uh, a lot of people missing your joke there uh, about Tiki Barber's (laughs) pronunciations, thinking you're just messing it up over here. Um, If anyone doesn't mess up Broncos players' names, it's us. Um,
0: it, ran, it was it was almost hard to to mess up Bradley Chubb and to mess up Shelby Harris. I almost had nowhere to go.
2: Shelley, Shelley Harris. <laughs> Shelley, there we go. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's something else that I wanted to get to. Oh, okay. I have been defensive, I guess, of uh, certain players today. Um, I mean, the one that I won't defend is the offensive line. I thought they were just. It was just an abject failure across the entire line. There was multiple running plays, Zach, where there's three guys in the backfield when the running back gets the ball. I'm like, one time I thought, like, oh, is this supposed to be an RPO? Nope, nope. Designed run all the way. Uh, three guys in the backfield. That deserves no defense. But the other person that I am done defending um, is Vic Fangio. Uh, I think... You know, oh. a Cat has nine lives, uh, and I think he used up his ninth today. Um, Now, again, I was never really defending him on my own behalf. Um, I was saying what I thought George Payton might be thinking, which is, hey, look, we can get this defense. We can keep this defense elite and then go and fix the offense with an offensive coordinator. and Maybe we can fix the timeout issues and the super timeouts, a.k.a. challenges. and We can fix all of that stuff. And we don't want to lose that. And I'm just done. I won't, I won't go there anymore. Um, because that was giving George Payton an out. And I don't want George Payton to have an out. He shouldn't have an out. Um, Vic Fangio, he blew it. Um, and today, for, the la- for what I hope is the last time, I saw a Vic Fangio defense need a big stop in a big moment and just get run all over. This team does not have it for whatever reason. Does not have it in them to get big stops and big moments. And honestly, you even go back to last week. How do you blame? You know, you, you, we, we I feel like we say this all the time. How do you blame the defense when they gave up 15 points? Well, the offense had the lead at one point in the game last week, and the defense gave it right up on the very next possession. The exact same is true of this week. Offense gets the lead. Defense, yeah, well, the defense kind of got the lead for this, but the, the point stands. The team gets the lead, and the very next drive, they blow it. Um, and it's just too many, too many times, too many little things like that. Can't get big stops in big moments. Can't manage the clock. Doesn't know how to use a challenge. Doesn't know how to use a timeout. Uh, seems like he's always pressing the wrong buttons on to whether to go for it or kick the field goal. We haven't even talked about Brandon McManus uh, missing a field goal that would have given the Broncos an opportunity to just kick a field goal for the win at the end there. Um, when they, you know, when, when they um, had that tough series. So it's too many things. There's just no, it's, it, it, there's too many little things that have added up for me to say, Vic Fangio should have any shot at, at coming back next year. Now, I still, I will be honest. I still do worry that, that George Payton might think the way that I was thinking, but I don't want to give him that out anymore. You got to make a move. Got to bring in some offense to this team. Um, steady the defense. Heck, go ahead and hire Wade Phillips for all I care. That seems to work. Um, and move on. It's time to uh, it's time to try something new. Do not bring in a defensive coordinator. Uh, do not bring in you know old football minds. Go be new, be fresh, and create some offense.
0: Ryan, one thing when Vic when John Elway hired Vance Joseph, he said we want to keep this defense great. He still had. 50 his mind. When he hired Vic Fangio, he said, we want to keep this defense great. He still had Super Bowl 50 in his mind, just completely disregarding these past five years. John, We, we knew that Vic, that George Payton wanted to do right by John Elway by giving Drew Locke another shot this year. Let's hope that this last shot was also for giving John Elway's vision of a defensive led coach. Let's hope this was the last shot of that, because if you look around the league, Ryan, There are some of the best defenses in the league have winning records. The New England Patriots, by the way, the Broncos, the best scoring defense in the NFL right now, and it gets them out of the playoffs. You look at some of the other best scoring defenses in the NFL. New England Patriots, they're they're the second best scoring defense. They just invested a first-round pick in Mac Jones. The Buffalo Bills, they have a huge investment in Josh Allen. They're the third best scoring defense. Uh, The New Orleans Saints they don't have the quarterback and they're 500 right now. Then the Cowboys have a good scoring defense, but they have Dak Prescott, the Cardinals. They invested so much in Kyler Murray. And so what this all boils down to is, sure, you can win by defense if you have the quarterback as well. And you know what? There's teams that are winning with bad defense with the quarterback. So it doesn't boil down to having a good defense. It boils down to everything on the offensive side of the ball. And that's why this comes down to The Broncos have to do everything to not be a great defense anymore. If they have a great defense, that's that's just a cherry on top here. What they need is everything on the offensive side of the ball. Ryan, the Broncos have tried to stay in the AFC West by slowing down Patrick Mahomes, slowing down Justin Herbert, slowing down Derek Carr. It has not worked. Ryan, we came into this game saying how bad the las vegas raiders were it, it especially at this point in time they barely beat a cleveland browns team that was on their third string quarterback that the raiders had won what one of their past five games or six games coming into today and the broncos lost to them the broncos lost to a really bad team despite what their record says and for a second straight year they're going to be fourth in the afc west It is time for a change. And again, if you want to keep Vic Fangio as as the head coach, mostly defensive coordinator, because you can convince yourself that you can get that guy as the offensive coordinator, okay. But I just don't think you're going to be able to do that. So then the question, Ryan, is do you fire Vic Fangio in the next 24 hours? Because you can get a head start on the coaching search right starting tomorrow. If you have A, fired your head coach, or B, you have told them that they are not coming back next year, you can start interviewing potential head coaches on other teams right now. It's the first time the NFL has allowed this. You don't have to wait till the season's over. You can do it now. So do you make that move?
2: Um. First of all, I want to know about the whole idea of letting the coach know that he's going to be fired. Like, where do you draw the line on that? Does that have to be public? Can you, like – you know, uh, give him his walking papers, just leave him on his desk and then like ho- host an interview before he even gets in there. Just want to know where they draw the line on that.
0: I mean, I really, really quick, I have to imagine, Ryan, that it, it's made public because then you're going to be interviewing other people.
2: Right, right, for sure. Which is so um, stupid.
0: If you're going to do that, fire
2: the guy. Fire the guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, if you're going to do it, do it now. Um, there should be, should be nothing that can change over the last two weeks. That would alter your perception. You, you've seen uh, Vic Fangio now for you have three full years of Vic Fangio. If you're George Payton, um, you have one basically full year in front of him, and you need to look at what you got. And if your decision, make a decision right now. Like you should you you should be prepared to make this decision already. And in fact, I'm going to give George Payton the benefit of the doubt. I think he knows what he wants to do. So if you're there. There's no reason for waiting. You don't owe anything to Vic Fangio. Um, you don't need to learn anything. You're not going to learn anything over these last two weeks, although I guess the Broncos technically didn't go to zero in playoff chances today. Um, so that's a built-in excuse for him if he doesn't want to do it quite yet. But it's it's time. Uh, if you're going to make the move, make it now. And if you, if you wait until after the season, all you've done is do a disservice to the organization. And it's your... It's your responsibility as the general manager to do whatever is best for the organization. So that will be a failure at your job if you need two more weeks to make a decision that should be obvious to you.
0: And unfortunately, Ryan, there's a lot of red tape surrounding this decision. I I believe not just whether George Payton wants to go a different direction, but take a step back and look at what's above George Payton. It's Joe Ellis about to step down. It's It's an ownership change.
2: (laughs) What? I said, you said, take a step back and look what what's above George Payton. And I said, nothing.
0: It, it, exactly. There's about to be a new CEO and president. There's about to be new ownership. And what if someone steps in Ryan and says, you know what? The new owner's probably going to make a change. So why don't we just keep this as it is right now? I think that would be terrible uh, as an organization to, to not let the general manager make those decisions. But you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if that, sort of discourse comes from the Broncos by saying, you know what, there's going to be a new guy. Let's not saddle him to a new contract, despite the Broncos doing that with George Payton just last year.
2: Yeah. So I have an issue with this and I have to think that George Payton had this conversation when he was being interviewed. Cause remember he had multiple options here. It's not like the Broncos, you know, pulled him out of nowhere. Um, like, you know, when they hired Vance Joseph, um, this is a guy who had options all over the place and he chose Denver and he said, I'm not concerned about the ownership when he got hired. And so I would like to think that they had this conversation already. And he said, Hey, look, I don't want to be undermined by, you know, because, Oh, we don't have an owner. Um, We don't have the funds for that because we don't have an owner. You can't make that move because we don't have an owner yet. All of those things um, should be, Should have already, those conversations should have already taken place, but you're not necessarily wrong. Um, It is kind of weird for there not to be an owner in place when you make a massive, you know, franchise altering decision like this, when you know there's going to be an owner in place in just a matter of a few months. So maybe Vic Fangio gets like some lucky security out of that. But what I also want to say is this has been going on for a while now. Um, the, you know, the ownership, quote-unquote, search, I kind of think that there's already an under-the-table agreement in place, um, and we're all just not necessarily privy to it. Some people are, maybe. Some people aren't. Um, but I think that they already know the direction that they're going to end up going, and because of that, they can, you know, continue to work behind the scenes like they've been doing right now, Um it, in my opinion, and say, hey, you know, we're looking at these guys or, like, do you trust George to make this hire? Um, here's his reasoning for why he wants to go th- go after this guy. These are the types of things that happen in back channels that I think could very easily happen if this is the case.
0: And I hope that's the case, Ryan, because you, that you, you want the new owner to like his general manager. You want the new owner to like his new head coach to just stop having all of these changes. I mean, Ryan, we should not be talking about a general manager search followed by a head coaching search when we've just been talking about head coaching search after head coaching search after offense, That's a huge reason why the Broncos are where they are, especially, you know, you start one off, you build your, your team for that offense. Then you change it all up. Then you don't know your quarterback. So the day before the draft, you go out and draft a quarterback. And uh, when we're talking about the most important positions in football, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback Broncos have been changing that up way too much. So I, I certainly hope you're right. I'm just saying that's maybe a reason why 8 a.m. tomorrow, George Payton isn't firing Vic Fangio is because there's just a lot more stuff behind the scenes than, uh, than Broncos fans want to, to believe and, and make it that much more difficult of a decision.
2: That's, that's really rough if that's the case. Um, you should not be able to, you know, you should not do that as an organization. If your general manager, you know, the, the most important football person in your building is hamstrung from being able to make decisions because you have left this ownership situation in limbo for what? How many years now? Seven?
0: Almost 10, almost a decade.
2: Okay. Almost a decade. Then that's another organizational failure. And you know, then don't go complaining next season when George Payton has a bad record over his first two years as GM because he couldn't make the moves he wanted to make because you guys didn't put him in position to do so.
0: Right. You're 100% right, Ryan. And that's why now the clock can fully start. You and I have had Vic's back up until this point in terms of how the organization was viewing him. Now the clock is on George Payton. There was no reason to fire Vic Fangio last week. There was no reason to do it a couple of weeks ago. But starting tomorrow, it's on George Payton's watch. He can make a move at any time.
2: Hopefully. Hopefully he can make a move at any time. Now you've got me all scared about that. Uh, All right. Well, he's going to have a big day tomorrow uh, and no better way to start off a big day with with some Strava craft coffee. He'll get that morning jolt. He needs to feel nice and awake, but he won't get those coffee jitters that could, you know, impact his decision making, make him make do something hastily. Um, it's a great, great coffee over there. At StravaCraft Coffee because not only is it rich and tasty, it's also CBD infused. That's helped people with tons of different things. Just talk to someone who's used it. Maybe they, you know, their headaches got better, or knee pain, back pain, whatever it is. You get that constant infusion of CBD, which is something that you really do need to stay on top of. So, you know, if you're gonna have your cup of coffee every morning, you might as well get your dose of CBD in the morning with it. StravaCraft Coffee is amazing, and you can get 25% off your first order when you use the code DNVR25 at StravaCraft Coffee.
0: Well, Ryan, as we know, Bronco season is over, so that means the NFL season is over. So I'm on to basketball, and if you bet $5 over a DraftKings Sportsbook, you win $150 if your team wins. That's $5 to win $150 for new customers, and Ryan, there's no better way to start your account than $150 and fresh bets that you can use right away. And, of course, you can still bet on football. I'm still going to be betting on football. Uh, so much action coming up as well for the NFL. It's going to be a blast in the playoffs and DraftKings. Ryan, I just I can't believe it. We signed up for DraftKings, what, a couple of years ago? And they're still just mm-hmm. giving out freebies left and right. I thought this was going to be a one and done thing, like a great way to get in the door, like they're doing $5 to win $150 on NBA. But then they just keep handing stuff out. And I took advantage of that this past week a couple of times. So you got to get in and use the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, download their top rated sportsbook app and use code DNVR. To get in on their entry offer and then the more the offers will just keep rolling in and of course you must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply so DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details gambling problem call one 800 527
2: and then finally uh we got to give a shout out to oh i had it who is it zach
0: saturday neon ryan the best signs out there
2: yeah saturday neon they're actually really really dope Uh, Saw a couple friends of mine get the Buffs Saturday Neon sign for Christmas. What a great, great deal uh, that was for Christmas. And you can continue to save 10% off when you use the code DNVR at Saturday Neon. Uh, And these things are so sweet. I'm like legitimately just waiting until I have a house and I can put in uh, the quote-unquote man cave. Uh, Allie doesn't like that word because she'll obviously be using it a lot too. Um, so, whatever you want to call it, the, the, uh, How about the, sports the cool case. if you're going to
0: have Saturday neon in there.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't wait to have that so I can put that giant buffs Saturday neon sign in there. Um, so, again, use the code DNVR when you sign up uh, or when you purchase uh, your Saturday neon sign, get 10% off your amazing sign. Those things are awesome. They look great. They're sturdy. I know because I saw one fall and uh, survived the fall. Survived the fall. Didn't even break. Uh was, was back up and, and looking beautiful just a few seconds later.
0: Brian, as they may say, built Buff Strong,
2: right? Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take that.
0: <laughs> since it is All a, right. a uh, CU grad company.
2: All right. So we're going to get to some super chats here in a second. First thing I want to ask you, though, um, because this this has just been on my mind since I read it late last night. Did you see the the article that Woody Page put out yesterday?
0: I did not. What did he say?
2: It's tough to decipher, but Woody, you know, he's always a little bit up to something. Um, oh, yeah. He essentially framed this whole thing as, like, a Christmas wish list for the Broncos. Um, but he just included some, like, interesting little things that I just feel like wouldn't have uh, been thought of. Like, one of the things he mentioned, which, of course, is why I got tagged in it, is, like, uh, on the on the wish list, Vic Fangio agrees to a demotion to DC, um, but gets the... Gets to be the highest paid defensive coordinator in the NFL, um, which I was like, eh, all right, I'll up from zero to 1%. Um, <laughs> the other thing he said, he mentioned the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers because they hire um, the Packers offensive coordinator to be their head coach. Um, what's his name? I think his name is Hackett um, or yep, something like yep. that. And then he also said that uh, the Broncos are purchased by an ownership group featuring Peyton Manning and Brittany Bolin.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. I mean, would, would that be the, just the dream scenario every way around, Ryan?
2: Right, exactly. That, And that's kind of why I was like, well, someone." people were tagging me in it as if he was, like, giving scoops, which I don't think he was. But he also, like, Woody's very calculated. So, I, like, everything he says, I'm like, yeah, did he hear something somewhere? He's also very, very connected, maybe as connected as anyone. Um, Not only to, you know, the Broncos and John Elway, who's not necessarily in charge anymore, but even to Vic Fangio, he's connected. So just interesting, interesting stuff.
0: Ryan, there you're talking three of the four most important positions in sports would be a home run. Not only Peyton, but you also keep the Bullens in the family with Whitney at ownership. That one, you're knocking out of the park. Quarterback, you're knocking out of the park. And the head coach, you're knocking out of the park if you're able to get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at Lafleur. what he's doing. Doesn't he have the most wins? Uh, he's the youngest guy to the most wins. Thanks to Aaron Rodgers. If uh, the Broncos are able to land a head coach that gets Aaron Rodgers, that'll be a win.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just interesting stuff to think about. All right, let's hit uh, the super chats here. And uh, Allie, feel free to bring whatever. on. All right, this one's simple. Anthony Carmona, out coached once again. By the way, two losses this season by Vic Fangio to an interim head coach. Tough.
0: Brutal. And uh both the same guy, right?
2: Uh yes, of course. Rich Pisaccia.
0: got him again. See, special teams coordinators can be coaches too, Ryan.
2: They can. Yep, yep. Uh just look at uh Harbaugh, who by the way, did you see what Harbaugh did today?
0: Oh what oh my gosh, what what was it?
2: So uh, Joe Burrow throws for yes, 525 yes, <laughs> yards on the Ravens. By the way, 157 against the Broncos last week. Um, it was for four times that much, or something, you know, along those lines, um, uh, close to it, uh, against the Ravens defense. After the game, John Harbaugh of all people complaining that they were throwing the ball that late. I could not believe my eyes, Zach. Of course, John Harbaugh, the one who in a kneel down situation called a run play for Lamar Jackson uh, Mm -hmm. to extend the streak of most consecutive hundred yard rushing games for a team. I couldn't believe that clown went out there and complained about that. I I could not believe it.
0: Yeah, that's uh that that's pretty hilarious. Karma and also you better remember what you say in the past before talking out. And Ryan, that's what losing will do to you. Remember the, the the Vic Fangio being mad, uh, or John Harbaugh's comments and Vic Fangio going back came after the Broncos lost. And on top of that, Ryan, you you have or I meant I meant to start out uh this pod with a question to you. What are you, your New Year's resolutions?
2: Mm. I haven't thought of it other than... See,
0: you didn't didn't pick up on where I was going.
2: I didn't. I didn't.
0: Speaking of coaches, did you see Bill Belichick?
2: No. No, you're
0: kidding me. This was the most viral thing on Twitter today. So, Uh obviously, I lost. You won. The Bills beat the Patriots in a Uh pretty bad game all around from the Patriots. So, you know what type of mood Bill Belichick was in after losing at home to a divisional game, right? I cannot believe you have not seen this clip.
2: No. Here's how what
0: it Here's how. Here's how the press conference starts, Ryan. They go to a reporter, and she asks Bill, kind of a non-football question here. But what are your New Year's resolutions? And, <laughs> and Bill just goes, N- not not willing to talk about that now. <laughs> I mean, can you just uh... imagine starting a press conference after a devastating loss like that?
2: Gosh, sometimes, man, I like I I want to defend the media sometimes, and other times I'm just like, "What are you doing? What do you do? Why no. why do we got to do this?" Um, yes,
0: it was brutal.
2: Uh, I thought you were gonna say he said his New Year's resolution was to be nicer to the media because he was like on <laughs> oh, a kick. He was on a, definitely not. He was on a kick about that this week. He apologized. It, he
1: was, um, yeah.
2: So I thought maybe the Christmas spirit had him softening up. Um, no, he went no, back yeah, to
0: straight Grinch mode.
2: All right. Next one's from Patrick Ibarra time to clean house, Joe Ellis, Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer. The season is over time to focus on new coaching. This is a funny thing. Um, and, and not to single this out. Joe Ellis has already said he's gone. I, I see a lot of people are like fire Joe Ellis. He's like, I'm like, Joe Ellis fired himself. And the other thing people are saying, like, get a new owner. I'm like, well, Joe Ellis also, maybe just no one pays attention when Joe Ellis talks because Joe Ellis also said that ownership will be changed this off season. Um, those are two things that I see every single week that I'm like, we are, we got this covered, guys. But as for the <laughs> other guys, Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer. If Vic Fangio's gone, Pat will be with him. Um, and you thankfully, bet. Tom McMahon will go along with, with both of them. Uh, the only I don't
0: know. He's survived a head coaching change already, Ryan. Don't don't be too quick to write him off.
2: Gosh. I'm of course pretty much
0: being sarcastic.
2: Uh, should have never fired Joe D. That came up on the tailgate today. Um, or I guess let yeah, him did. leave because I think he left in between coaches. Um, yep. So yeah, there you go. Uh, gotta gotta move on from at least Shermer and McMahon, in my opinion, from Stephen Sholey. I'd imagine Shermer goes home and looks at himself in the mirror and says, "I did a good job today." This is an embarrassment. Useless offense. I actually think he probably doesn't. Uh, but today. He uh, he had a tough hand dealt to him today um, by that offensive line. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. And, I, and then he kind of tried to do some different things. And I was like, oh, my God, I was having terrible flashbacks the last season as they were going. Long pass, short run, incomplete pass, punt. I'm like, no, make it stop, please. But I will <laughs> say, like, Pat Shermer, low on my list of blame today, just because I'd, I don't know how much he really could have done.
0: Yeah, and and I'm right there with you. Pat Shermer didn't have a good day, but it seemed like everyone after a bad play on offense was saying Shermer again. Well, I mean, Shermer can't catch the as as Giselle uh, say, uh, my husband can't call the plays and throw the ball and catch the ball and run block. Uh, it was just it was a bad day from everyone, including Pat Shermer. But he just like Drew Locke did not get any help at all. Ryan, the offense was. So bad, they averaged three point two five points per quarter and forty yards per quarter. That is it so hard to wrap my mind. you know after it happens for the first quarter, you say, okay, we've seen this before, right? The offense is going to wake up and it's going to be you know, better. and it didn't. And that was wow. that's so hard to believe just how bad they were against a bad Raiders defense. when Max Crosby had a sack, I thought, oh no. This thing is over. Max Crosby only only plays well in the games the Raiders win and he's playing well right now and that was just because the Broncos offensive line couldn't do butt kiss.
2: Yeah, I think that's a bup kiss if you're uh, bup quoting. Kiss. But kiss. quoting I'm going Mace butt kiss. Butt kiss. i butt kiss
0: because their their defense was playing well.
2: Um, yeah, uh, it's just unbelievable, the offense today. And I really put most of it on the offensive line. Um, and and maybe Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, got a feather in his cap today, just in terms of his value. Um, I don't want to blame Austin Schlottman for everything that went wrong on the offensive line, because a lot of guys were just getting their asses kicked. Um, but it clearly matters to have someone. Did you notice Dalton Reisner was the one, uh, making the checks Uh, and pointing things out that would normally be your center. So, you know, again, a tough hand for the offense today, but there's no excuse for just how bad it was.
0: Yeah, really, really bad. Next one from John Renner says, bringing in Teddy wasted a whole year of progression from Locke, and now you're stuck with a middling draft pick and even more questions at quarterback. Shermer and Teddy are polar opposites. Never made sense. Uh,
2: yeah you had me and except for Shermer and Teddy um I think they actually you know worked pretty well together it's, it's easy, you know check down like remember when they hired Sherman we talked about oh he loves uh having his quarterback throw to the running back right that's just checkdown stuff you know that's just throwing checkdowns
0: credit to the Broncos secondary for the most part today
2: Derek Carr that's all he was doing was throwing behind
0: the line of scrimmage just because nothing was open downfield. Now that opened up as the game went on. But uh, yeah, in in terms of Shermer and Teddy, Shermer with Teddy, he did what he does, right? He got a career year out of a quarterback. And unfortunately, this is Teddy Bridgewater ceiling, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's who Teddy Bridgewater is, Ryan. The Broncos cannot get fooled by this think they're, you know, another level or two to unlock from Teddy and roll with him again. No, you can't. No,
2: no, 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 no. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, that's a that's a nightmare scenario. Uh, Alright, next one. I think there's more. Maybe not. Uh, I think
0: Steven has one here.
2: Okay. Oh, here we go. Here's from Johnny. What kind of convo would we be having if Alberto didn't drop that pass? Sutton kept his feet in. Bulls didn't have that flag. Judy doesn't drop that ball after Locke extended that play. Drew played great today. Didn't even mention the biggest one uh to to me at least was B Mac missing that field goal um and what 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 is his deal man he's going over and yelling at Vic Fangio after he missed
0: what was said on the sidelines there what what could he be mad about because uh i saw uh some speculation out there that Vic didn't give him enough time but to me Ryan it, it seemed like B Mac wasn't rushing anything he had plenty of time
2: I saw, yeah, I instantly solved that one. Just rewinded. I went back. I saw Vic Fangio with 28 seconds on the play clock. He turned and said punt or, sorry, field goal. Um, so 28 seconds. You know, I've seen, uh, I believe it. Uh, it was, yeah, I've seen Jason Elam in a fire drill run out there with yeah. like 12 seconds and make a game winning yeah. field goal. So 28 seconds, bud. That is plenty. The only, so I, I've been just racking my brain. It could have been that. I guess he, Mad, you know, he did, he did, they did have to snap the ball at the very last second. Like, he got to his spot with four seconds left on the play clock, and then they snapped it. Um The other thing I was thinking of is, like, maybe Vic was, was, like, going back and forth between punt, and he heard that or something, Um and that ticked him off, Uh and then I, I was thinking, like, someone mentioned something, they said, they thought they read a uh, snap count, uh like uh in terms of of reading his lips something about snap count i have no idea but it's such a bad look and this is a this is a, a m- multiple time problem now I'm like man is having like outbursts you're the kicker dude you can't yeah, have outbursts. You don't
0: you don't get to have outbursts especially after you miss a, a kick and by the way that was maybe the worst kick i've ever seen at least I can remember the man is making and I, that one that he made it was out, then it was in, then it was out, then it was in again. I mean, that that was crazy. Uh, but, Ryan, why would you be yelling at your head coach on snap count? I mean, if, if Vic is no micromanaging idea. that much, I, I really don't think he is. That, it doesn't make sense. Maybe Vic screamed at him first, make the effing kick, and then he yelled back, you know, I was confused about that. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. I'll be sure to ask Vic about that.
2: I just, yeah, unbelievable that the kicker is out there yelling at the head coach. I couldn't believe my eyes. You couldn't uh,
0: stand that. You couldn't stand that when it happened a couple years ago either.
2: That was, this is worse. He threw his helmet before, which was like, I was like, you're a child. Um, But because he didn't get a chance, you know, he didn't get his way. So he threw a little temper tantrum. Um, Now he's screaming at the head coach after he just missed a kick that, you know, quite possibly lost the game for the Broncos. Give me a break.
0: You guys heard it here. Ryan, excuses to everyone. You get an excuse. You get an excuse. No excuse here.
2: No excuses. Blake Edwards. <laughs> Drew played well today, in my opinion. O-line and wide receivers dropped the ball today. One of those, quite literally. Uh, Shermer Shermer sucks. Vic is scared. McManus no longer clutch. Defense hot and cold. Huge turnovers. Uh, but possession, time heavy uh, towards Las Vegas in the second half.
0: I mean, Ryan, when, when the Broncos open up the second half and they have all the momentum going their way, they have the lead, they've got the momentum, the defense is, is playing out of their minds, outscoring essentially the Raiders in the first half, 10-7 to 7, just on the defensive side of the ball. They give up 31 rush yards in the first half. And then the Raiders say, well, we're not going to mess around with throwing the ball. We're going to run the ball every single play except for one on this drive. And we're going to pick up 62 rushing yards. We're going to double our first half rushing stats in this one drive alone and get a touchdown. That's when it, it felt like game over as well. There, there were a lot of game over snow moments, but at that point it felt like, well, we know the Broncos offense isn't going to do much. The defense is really going to have to step up And if this is the way the defense responds, the game is over. And then the the Raiders just continue to do that. I mean, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Ryan, it felt like they were running the clock out with, you know, a a two-point lead running the clock out already. That's just how little respect the Raiders have for this Broncos run defense. And you know what? They were right. They shouldn't have had any respect for it because they ran 40 times. For 160 yards. Ryan, this should have been a game plan for the Broncos. we be talking about 40 rushing attempts for the Broncos for 160 yards And Jock drop, uh, only dropping back 25 times for the Broncos. Despite getting 65 plays. Instead, it's flipped. And we're talking about the opposite.
2: Yeah, just unreal. Uh, the script for this team is just so predictable. Uh, it's just so many missed opportunities, so many times where you expect a, a, a highly paid or highly thought of player to make a big play. If they don't make the play. You expect the best, you know, the highest paid defense in the NFL and a, a defense that's been playing at elite levels of recent to make a stop. With You know, it's not like there was a minute 30 and they could only handle one first down. There's uh, almost four minutes on the clock when the Raiders got the ball back. Your defense your defense Vic Fangio can't stop an obvious run scenario um and I knew that that they were going to throw the ball on that last play because even if the clock stopped on that play um the punt was going to be the two minute warning after that so it wasn't like the ball it was either going to go to the two minute warning uh on that play if he ran it or it was going to go on the punt after that it wouldn't have been advantageous for the Broncos either way so like, you ha- you got to see that coming. Someone's got to know that. There's got to be an alert out there. That you can- just so many things. It's just like, man, this team got close this year, closer, but they still feel like the exact same team.
0: They do. They they really do, and that's just why, Ryan, you, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me two, three, four, five times, shame on me time for a not just a different direction at head coach but a different organizational philosophy and if today and these past three weeks haven't been clear enough where you hold teams to uh, very very good numbers in terms of the defense and you still lose i don't
2: know what's what's gonna open their eyes to make this decision ryan i i don't either uh, one last reminder to hit us with a thumbs up Uh, if you liked the show or even if you didn't but you just tuned in and we kept you entertained for a few or for I guess an hour here Uh, we always appreciate that really frustrating from the Denver Broncos today Uh, and you know effectively ends their season and effectively locks up last place in the division for them not locks up I guess puts them on the track for last place in the division again Uh, and we started the season by saying hey look uh, this is a team who has the worst quarterback in the division well What does that get you? Last place. Um, So time to figure that out. Time to make some serious moves, some serious investment in the quarterback position. But I think that is going to wrap it up for us after we tell you about our friends over at MSU Denver. MSUDenver.edu slash online is the place you can go to see all they have to offer. um, Just amazing stuff over there, rigorous and affordable programs, top by professors who bring the real world into the classroom, so check out our friends at over at msudenver.edu slash online. Again, that wraps it up for us on the post-game show. Thanks so much to a huge group of you who tuned in today. Uh, thanks to you, Zach, and uh, thanks to the Broncos for giving us a, an early offseason.
1: No. Hello. truck and took a country